Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is November the 12th, 2022. Hopefully this podcast episode finds you well. Hopefully you're having a good one. As for me, I would say I'm good. I'm doing well. This week was uh, more or less just work-related. I, um, I would say I am feeling better, you know, tentatively, yes, in this... Uh, you know, more or less, I'm calling it winter now. We had our first little snow fall today. So I'm going to say, yeah, it's winter time. Even if it is still fall, especially whatever, I don't care. Even if we get like next week, eight degree temperatures, I don't fucking care. It's winter. <laughs> um, but let's see, like I said, more or less just work. Food corner. I did go to Chameleon uh, to any new listeners. Uh, that's a little pizza wing joint. You know they have like you know, a little. It's a they have a little venue there, but I'm I'm only going there for pizza. They also have some pool and stuff, but whatever. Um, got some pizza. I got I got a slice of pizza. I got a half pound of hot wings, not the the hottest. Um, and then what else did I get? Uh, Cajun fries. And then I got, like, two sauces. I think one was, like, a garlic, lemon garlic aioli, which was very good. And then uh, there was another sauce. Another sauce. Uh, it was also white, but it wasn't ranch. Uh, but it was good. I enjoyed it. All good food. Had a good time hanging out with my peeps. And uh, now we're here. You know, it's a Saturday. We're vibing. We're chilling. Literally, <laughs> but um, we go ahead and get into some news. Uh, usually start off, you know, with the Ukraine Russia stuff. Um, let's see here, got this from Reuters. Ukraine troops greeted with flowers in Kherson after Russian retreat. Russian retreat, sorry. Um, so I had alluded to this in another episode, previous episode, but. It turns out that, you know, all the bluster that, uh, you know, Russia was kind of putting out in terms to the people of Hassan saying, hey, you guys got to get out of here. It's going to be really bad. You know, there's going to be a lot of violence and, you know, they were moving people, all this and that. But more or less, there was a Russian retreat out of the village. Now, they have moved to the other side. I think to uh, like of the Dnipro River, and uh, essentially, like there's still artillery battles going on, so that's kind of the good bad of the situation currently. Uh, soldiers are going, you know, throughout the village, uh, demining, you know, checking. Uh, there is a fear that there might be some, you know. Troops who have, you know, obviously, you know, gotten into civilian clothes and are plain clothes, you know, undercover now that they're worrying about. But, you know, it's seemingly that they were welcomed, you know, with flowers. Villagers were happy to see them. Um, let's see here. But like I said, there, there still is artillery going on, you know, from outside of the village now. 
But I mean, this is a big deal. It's it's big because this is one of the territories that Russia had claimed that like, hey, this is now a part of Russia. It's Russian territory. If you guys make any moves on this, there's going to be consequences. There's going to be a price to pay. But, you know, here they are. And, and according to Russia right now, their way of looking at it is like, oh, we didn't retreat. Like they just they're saying that. <laughs> but, you know, um, it doesn't look like they're completely done with the area, you know, given the artillery fire stuff. But you know, we'll see what their next move is. Moves are. Um, there was some other news, too, about some guy um, like not a right hand of Putin, but someone just in his circle. He was like saying, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, we did rig the elections. Yeah, we are rigging elections. Um, we'll do it again. But I don't know. I, I feel like a guy like this is like so low on the rung. I'm not even going to like name him. I'm not even going to really do too much on him because it's just like he's doing conspiratorial like stoking. And I think that really is the most effective thing that they do in terms of like affecting us in the States. It's kind of like entertaining these conversations at the right times. But when you actually look into what they they have done, uh, the meddling that they have done is like Facebook pushing on people, you know. So your boomer grandma or whatever, you know, read this bullshit fake news thing on Facebook and it was probably by some Russian spam bot. Oh, you got us. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't want to spend too long on the Ukraine-Russia shit today, actually. Uh, this is kind of an update. I, I randomly wanted to cover I wouldn't say, like, this is huge news or anything like that. Uh, but it was a hot pursuit that had taken place. And it was weird because I was doing a Patreon episode. And I usually have something, like, on background on mute. Actually, that's just my inside baseball. That's what I like to have. I don't know why it's comforting, but it is. And uh, the streamer I was watching, uh, Hasanabi, uh, essentially was doing live coverage on a Hot Pursuit, you know, chase in L.A. I think, yeah, it took place between L.A. and Orange County. Um, and it ends in Hacienda Heights at a gas station. Um, hold on, we can get into it. Let me, let me start from the top. Um, I got this from 8newsnow.com. That's at least the site header. Um, national news. Suspect arrested after chase through L.A., Orange Counties, ends in crash. Shots fired. So, like I said, I, I was kind of like, oh, shit. Like, it, it was really an, an intense chase. Uh, the several vehicles wind up being involved dude like breaks into someone's house um so shit's just wild uh let me see I, they do have the person it's johnny uh something yeah johnny and chando who is 32 years old um he was booked into um lasd norwalk station so he wasn't killed because when I initially saw it, I was like, oh, man, like, you know, did someone get murdered? But then I had saw that they pulled him out and, you know, you know, was walking him. But it was just that it was intense. Also, the amount of cop cars at the end of it were just fucking insane. Like, they took up, like, half the street. Um, they had, like, a bird's eye view picture of it. And it was just, like, a mass. Um, but they, like, ram into him at the end of it. Oh, excuse me. But... 
I mean, yeah, at one point, like I had said earlier, he broke into someone's house in like a cul-de-sac and, and more or less you're thinking, all right, this dude is, he's done. Um, and, uh, he's like, nope, he was able to get the keys to this guy's van and the guy pulls out a knife and he's like, look, dude, if you don't leave him, I'll stab you. And dude leaves, but he has his van and he, you know, the guy then realizes, oh shit, this is happening. And he tries to, you know, stop him. The gate is closed, but the guy rams through the gate with his own van. That had to suck to fucking see. And then goes on this fucking, you know, continues on his fucking, you know, hot pursuit run. Um, Let's see. Yeah, I believe it started, though, in a black Honda Civic. And it was for traffic violations, and the driver refused to yield. Um, but yeah, I know at one point, I think he had a pickup as well, and then also a van. Um, shit is crazy. Or no, let's see. He had the pickup truck rammed into the vehicle gate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it was a pickup, my bad. Um... Let's see. Is there anything else I wanted here? Do, 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 do. Yeah, no, it was a, yeah. It was definitely a pickup. Hey, it's good to get it, so I don't have to get it to a corrections corner the next day. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it just definitely wasn't big news or anything like that, but it was just something that I covered technically halfway, and I was like, let me just kind of put a bow on it. We can move on there. Uh, the next one I got from CNN Business, FTX investigating a possible... $473 million hack. Now, this article is going to drop you right into it. I would definitely say if you're a crypto guy or gal, you're interested in this kind of thing, um, you, you know, start with just looking at FTX. Uh, Binance is also another big player that gets involved in this conversation. It's not super covered in this article, but um, kind of give you a little bit of context before we get into like the hacking part. Essentially, FDX has just been crashed. Um, shit has gotten so bad to the point now that this once giant, you know, cryptocurrency um, exchange, it was literally so big that they had Larry David, and I believe Tom Brady doing ads for them on the Super Bowl. It was fucking big at that point. I don't know if you remember that. But essentially... It just all went to shit when I guess information came out that how the exchange is set up is it's not stable on its own. And um, the CEO, Sam Bankman-Fried, had had tied another business to um, the exchange to kind of help it out. And people said, whoa, that's really spooky. That's not good. And essentially that setup could mean if one of these things fail or falter, the whole thing falls to shit. And then what are people going to do with their money? So when you have this uneasiness to this, I would say uneasiness is an understatement. When you have this fear that at any given day or moment, you could lose all your money that you have invested in this exchange company, you make a move then and there. So people scramble to pull out all their money and... It's essentially just tanked the whole fucking thing. Um, like I said, it's gotten so bad that they've had to lock the accounts now. Um, 
SBF. We're just going to refer to him as that now. Um, he is before this week. Um, he was a sixteen billion dollar billionaire. Let's just say that billionaire. Sixteen billion. Sixteen billion dollars, dude. Holy shit! Like I don't know. My broke ass can't even like fathom losing that much money in 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 less than a week, dude. Oh my god! And this dude's energy is real odd. That's why I wanted him on the picture for the thumbnail for sure. Um, he's kind of kooky from what I've heard and seen. He had this like weird rivalry beef with the um owner of Binance. And they kind of play a factor. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick on the fly here. Owner of Binance. Changping Zhao, who also goes by CZ. Um, a lot of acronyms in in this story. But essentially, they were kind of like rivals. But Binance was kind of like the investing company for FTX. It had kind of grown within this and like off of like investment money. And... Then it had gotten big enough to stand on its own. And, you know, but along the way, these guys have kind of had a little bit of rivalry here and there. Um, SBF has said, like, hey, it's kind of alluded to, like, saying, like, hey, at least I can do business in Washington. Uh, meaning that, like, CZ can't come to America because, like, all this shit going on in China, whatever. It's like a weird diss jab. Um, also, SBF, up until this point, was a big player in Washington because he was lobbying to both sides of the aisle, both Republicans and Democrats, um, generating a lot of money, talking about generating even more. Also, like I said, he's been saving companies uh, like cryptocurrency, uh, you know, crypto coins that were just going bust and broke. He was like, you know, scooping them up and, you know, at least making them as solvent as possible. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, I mean, to have this happen just overnight, pretty much, is crazy. Um, he had been reaching out for help, SBF, to, like, save the company, uh, more or less do the thing that he's been doing. And Binance was initially going to step in. They had made a deal, and it was tentative. But then, like, the next day or by the end of the day, he was just like, no, can't do it. Um we thought this was just an $8 billion problem, and it's much more than that. And not just money. There's legal shit, too, involved. That There's just, like, it's just too much. We can't fix this. So it's now either an even bigger race to the bottom as SBF has filed for bankruptcy. Um, who knows how people are going to get their money. But I said all that just to get to the part of that there was a hack and potentially... Um, Upwards of $400 million um, might have been taken, which is insane on top of all the problems that they got. Because they've locked up their money in the wallet, but the wallet was still available to, like, see or whatever online. So I imagine someone hacked it and got the money. Now, who knows what or, like, what the hacker got it for. Uh, I mean, I've heard some interesting stories on this. I've heard of people coming up with, like, weird um in rounds to get their money out by like doing nfts actually so this company is set up in the bahamas so legally it has some murky shit that allows people to kind of like get in get around certain things um essentially they had an entity that was like worth a quote-unquote dollar 
and then through i think like their wallet or whatever they were making like big purchases on this nft and essentially finding a way to like i guess you could say liquid like flow their money i don't know what the word is here but essentially move their money through this nft purchase so i mean that's interesting i wish i had had the link set up here but i mean this is definitely something that kind of popped up this week, and I was kind of like, oh, numbers. But then I like realized, like, oh, this is a crypto thing. And this is, like, the same crypto thing that I saw the fucking commercial on. I cannot believe that. Like, we didn't even close the goddamn year out. Um, this, this crypto winter shit is definitely real. I think... It, I don't know. I, I dabbled a little bit in, like, the, the shit coins or whatever, if you will got out of that shit real quick and i'm glad i did i don't think anything in that field right now is doing good in fact it's doing very bad <laughs> um so i just wanted to kind of get that up on the airwaves for the podcast um let's see move on to the next thing we're not necessarily talking uh crypto anymore but definitely tech i guess you could say i mean we're not talking about twitter right now at least at the moment um Got this from Yahoo News, and then I believe in Gadget. Meta is laying off more than 11,000 employees. So this is their first mass, like, firing, uh, which is actually impressive to me, I would say. Uh, Definitely, you would think this would have happened sooner rather than now. So I guess, like, in a way, that's definitely a good thing. But I would say... The reasonings behind the reasons behind it are shit as fuck to me, um, but yeah, about thirteen percent of their company staff. Uh, let's see, there's definitely a mess. Uh, like, like Zuckerberg came out with a statement video to all the people. Um, I believe they all got like sent an email on like you know them getting let go, and uh, they were like locked out of their uh what's it called they were locked out they had locked out locked access to their i guess workstations if you will um but it's definitely like seeming like a better severance package i think about like 16 weeks pay or something like that yeah severance pay worth 16 weeks of their base plus two additional weeks for every year of service with no cap uh, where's the quote? Do 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 Damn it! Uh, don't want to make too much dead air here. So, um, essentially, he tries to explain it as he's owning it but at the same time he's saying that it's because things did so well during the pandemic because everyone was inside on their phones um so they were on facebook more there was more presence we were doing better um he's saying that we thought that that was going to be a permanent kind of growth and it just wasn't and they're saying that because of that reason they won't like they're gonna have to make some changes um, he has also said before that, um, Meta could become a slightly smaller organization by the end of 2023. 
He also has reportedly instructed managers to identify people for layoffs and has told employees that realistically, there are probably a bunch of people at the company who shouldn't be here, which is a really shitty thing to say, I feel. Um, especially, I think it, it's it's a lack of true understanding of the load that your company has to carry um, in terms of the content moderation, in terms of the actual tech support, maintenance, all that kind of shit. Like, I think people like Mark Zuckerberg go, oh, I, I, they take it back to that nostalgic, you know, beginning. And it's not that anymore. You guys are much bigger than you ever were. Um, but yeah, man, I feel like there was definitely a better quote that I have from this article. I was not finding it a little bit, a little bit in the weeds, I guess. But um, let's see. Twitter does get mentioned in this article because they also have um, done some layoffs. I think I alluded to this in the um, Patreon episode yet again. Get across it if you can. Newsies, whatever. (laughs) But essentially, Twitter's layoff was way worse. They kind of said, okay, we need to trim fat right here, right now. And they just sent out a bunch of emails. They say that some of them were sent to the wrong people some people were supposed to definitely not get those emails others they realized that hey we actually do need these people for this that and the third and honestly i think you can see it a lot in twitter like if you're on it like i think especially like when the initial wave happened there was just like way more errors way more problems on the app plus not to mention all the weird changes that are going on every single fucking day whether or not like oh is it a blue check oh is there a gray check under this person's name or not like oh can you change your name today like or not um weird features that were always common or just a little bit more staticky whatever but granted i would say the same thing for facebook shit um i'm having some issues with facebook i'm actually degenerately online i'm on too much um but I've noticed that, like, certain features that I have on my app are not as accessible, which is annoying, but I shouldn't be on the shit as much anyway, so who cares? Um, So, yeah, sorry about that. I I wanted to get more in here, but I don't know. I'm just mentally fogging, I guess. (laughs) Forgive me. I'm one man. One man, one podcast. Um, But, yeah, we can move on to the last bump. I'm going to cheer myself up on my little break it's all right buddy oh yeah oh god all right Um, last bit I got from The Guardian. Imprisoned activist lawyer denied access at Egyptian jail during climate, uh, during climate summit as it happened. Um, this is a whole timeline of shit. I kind of just plicked, plicked. I kind of just picked an article out that summed up at least what I wanted to talk about for COP27. Also, something I wanted to add, I mentioned offhand that Rishi Sunak wasn't going to participate 
He just said his little reasons why. Um, I want to say within a day or two after, he did say, oh, I am going to show and participate. I also learned, too, that just because necessarily your leader, whatever, prime minister, doesn't show up to the function, it doesn't mean that there isn't anyone there representing your country at, at these cops. So that was something I didn't know. A little fun fact there, if you're interested climate change nerds <laughs> but um so essentially this is going on cop 27 they're blah blah blahing about you know what are we gonna do here what kind of changes are we gonna make i know a big conversation that has been going on is more or less who should be considered responsible and like who should be like footing the bill for this kind of shit and it's kind of been an ongoing conversation at these summits but it does seem like the, it gets louder and louder from you know countries that are impoverished who are literally doing no kind of emissions have not been doing any and essentially are paying the the brunt of it and there are you know nations that are well off in this and they're saying hey okay we want to help you out we want to get something set up and sorted but they are very careful with the wordage that they use they don't, they don't want to say that they're responsible. They don't want to, like, claim it or anything like that. It, it, they want it to be worded as, like, we're helping you out. Um, excuse me. And also, I'm sure that the number is not nearly adequate. Um, but essentially, you need all the big countries to play ball here, whether or not their leaders show up. I know Biden, after midterms, has made a trip to this shit and is talking, doing stuff. Um... So, I mean, that aspect of it is interesting. There's also a lot of talk, too, of there are oil producers and, like, people who are more or less what they're saying. Um, I forget the term they use, but it was, like, climate criminals or, or what have you. But essentially, there are people like, well, why are you here? And I think there was a quote from someone, and they said, if you're not sitting at the table, then you're on the menu. And I like that quote. I thought that was like really sticky. I thought that was really good. Um, and I mean, hey, I, that's, that's quote unquote the bad guy talking. But you have to understand we are living in a capitalist society. It's not about good and evil to these people. It's not about whether or not um, people die in terrible droughts and famines and floods. It's, that doesn't matter to them. It's all about making that shmoney. And that's all they care about. And they know that if they lobby the right way, they do the right things, they say the right stuff, they can guide these conversations so that they don't have to really stop doing anything. Um, which is sad, and it's fucked up. Um, but these things are a mess. I know I've, I've heard a lot of activists chiming in and saying, like, look, these things are not worth it. You guys are just coming around and patting each other on the back and giving each other tuggers and saying, oh, we're doing a good job. See you next year. But um, where's the results? Where are the changes? Like, we we look around us and we just see more and more problems. We see no one actually making any strides to stop the use of fossil fuels, any kind of changes. And we make the excuse of like, well, oh, there's a war going on, you know? And I mean, hey, there is a war going on. Shit, we cover it every goddamn week. That's real as fuck. But you just see that all these places just kind of wind up leaning on their own ways uh, you know, their own ways, their old ways that make money that, you know, get the job done. 
and um you know we'll see what the future holds i guess but like i said bring us to the other half um british egyptian Allah abed el fata um he's been on hunger strike for months and he had stopped drinking water when cot 27 began and um his lawyer was denied access they had said hey we're gonna at least allow you that so that way you can talk to your lawyer the lawyer got there and he said you can't come in so that's fucked up also it's not mentioned in this article it might be mentioned in the timeline but i got this from the bbc uh at least the podcast that he um was on this hunger strike refusing food refusing water and they forced him they did a medical intervention and forced him to eat more or less i'm not sure if it was actually eating or if they just like injected him with something i don't think they really came out with any details on that but it's just that's sad because it's one of those things where that's the only control you have in these kind of situations and also he was imprisoned because he retweeted and was talking about torture and like issues going on in egypt and they just came for him on that alone and he's like a known figure a big figure like an activist so i mean all in all this is a really sad story you know hearing from the family and stuff trying to you know continue to spread awareness keep talking about it keep it relevant but you know i haven't seen any much change on it i don't know if they've even like if biden's talked or anything like that because i think that was kind of the the goal was that hopefully some leader, someone would mention this at COP and make it a part of it. But um, I don't know. Uh, that's more or less all I got for this episode. Don't want to keep you guys too much longer. Um, I do have a Patreon, like I said. It's got all the little extra episodes um, on there. Then let's see what else. There's pay- or There's Discord access. And then we also have a little shout-out system. So, like, once a month, I shout you out. You'll be a newsie, part of the crew. Um, Also, if you want to, like, say, hey, there's, like, a new thing I'd like you to cover and kind of spread it, i do that. Or any kind of other thing you want me to plug or talk about. So, that's on um, the menu, if you like. Um, Other than that, I got a Gmail. Let's see, IsaiahNews1 at gmail.com. And I am on Facebook. I am on Twitter. I am on all that. So you can find me and say hello. Um, Other than that, that's about it. Hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Bye-bye. Mwah.